two has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player Two has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, aka MC Paper, stacking them stacks. And with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most, Derek Merkson, aka Full Metal Merk. What's going on with you, Derek? Not too much this week. It's been pretty slow. Yeah, I agree. It has been slow, but we definitely have stuff to talk about. Some exciting things in the pike, so I'm excited to just get right into it. No need to delay it. Suicide Squad trailer dropped. Suicide Squad directed by James Gunn, and they were very keen on reminding us who the director was in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Probably a smart move, to be honest. Right. So uh, you saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. Probably a lot of people out there saw the trailer. What'd you think? I think it looks good, man. I uh, I think the first one had an issue with tone. Among other things. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I actually... (laughs) <laughs> probably surprised you i actually did like the first movie it wasn't I, amazing by any means but i, I walked did enjoy out myself. on that movie i walked you did. <laughs> out on that movie i didn't even finish it it was so bad but uh, fair enough yeah, i mean you know el diablo did his thing at the end and he was like my favorite character so i was like okay to get my boy, boy to be good, fair so. i left after he died so there you go oh well there, there you go there you go so he's your favorite maybe, too. maybe he was my favorite too who knew who, who knew right <laughs> no, but yeah, was... no this new one this new one looked pretty sweet yeah, the casting looks good. Idris Elba's character, from what little I've seen, I'm into it. John mm-hmm. Cena is talking about eating a lot of dicks, which yeah, which seems, is funny. Seems to happen, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Nathan Fillion's in it, but I don't know who does Nathan Fillion play. I didn't see his fat package in the trailer. Uh, his fat package. His I think fat it's package. Guardian, but I don't know. Guardian. What is Guardian's deal? He's kind of like DC's Captain America type deal. He's just oh. strong, strong dude. He's strong dude man with yeah, with strong, strong jaw. Yeah. He's I getting think, older. Yeah, he is. You should see him in uh oh what is that show where he's a rookie cop. The rookie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I saw a couple episodes of that because I love Nathan Fillion that much that I'll watch some shit mm-hmm. completely out of my wheelhouse. Like a show mm-hmm. about cops. Uh right. Yeah, A-cab. we watched we watched quite a bit of it. <laughs> oh yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, for what it, for what it was. They always have yeah. that black woman's wig looking wild as fuck. I mean that's <laughs> That's network TV for you. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is what it is. Even Tyler Perry movies be having fucked up black wigs. It's just like, mm-hmm. you should know better, sir. Right. What are you going to do? If you don't put that girl hair in a fro or some twist. Boy, if you don't fix that hair. I mean, Disney did it. More stop. More stop. Monica mm-hmm. Rambeau was looking fly as fuck from start to finish, man. Right. She mm. need no wig. Mm. 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 Anyways. Thicker than a snicker. <laughs> She is. What do you think? What do you think about the trailer? <laughs> no, stop. I don't care anymore. I want to talk about Monica Rambeau uh, and how Foy. Okay. Now just play. She's pretty. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait for her to get her own show. I'm gonna be the first one in line in front of my TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the popcorn. Imagine lining up at the entrance to your living room. <laughs> my wife is side eyeing me from the couch, and I'm like, "Girl, don't worry about it. She ain't real. Right. I mean, she is, but you know what I mean." Mm. <sighs> Suicide Squad. I'm I'm into it. I'm excited. I'm not like super super pumped, even though I know it's probably going to be good. I'm still leery because it is DC and WB be finding a way to mess things up. That studio interference, yeah. man, it's legendary, legendary. Yeah, Especially yeah. with the Suicide Squad series, like you said, there are pacing issues. I would have to agree. Pacing, editing, a little bit of writing in there. The writing could have been solid, but the editing and pacing could mess that up too. Who knows? But I'm judging it based off of what I saw, and what I saw was a whole hot mess of non-character development and decisions that didn't make sense based on the establishment of what they've done previously. Anyways, 
we can we can talk all day about that, and we probably should because it's a slow news week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in this trailer, you get you get King Shark swallowing someone whole, ripping someone completely in half. Yeah, <laughs> so it was, was pretty like, funny. Oh, yeah, I already like where this is going. And he's oh, speaking like, of which, and? <laughs> speaking of which, I watched Harley Quinn, the animated okay. series. Um, How much that's of on, it? Oh, like three episodes. I, I watched it all the way up until the end of the episode where she formed her crew, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think I may have started watching another episode. I'm not sure if I finished it, but I'm into it. It's definitely rapid fire with its references and jokes, and they mm-hmm. don't all land. But right. they don't offend me. Like, sometimes you can watch something that doesn't have you busting out laughing from start to finish. But it's got a certain amount of charm to it, so you're okay with continuing to watch. You're, you're like Cap and Avengers. I understood that reference. And then yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. There's funny real moments, like, in the end of the first episode... And I won't go into too heavy spoilers, but Harley finishes a particularly difficult fight. Poison Ivy shows up like, hey, I was going to help you out, but looks like you got it covered. I'm going to I'm going to get Ty from that place that is up the street from where we live. Text me what you want and I'll order it for you. And she's like, oh, I want a coconut curry. And she's like, no, text me because I'm not going to remember that shit. But like, you're right here. I'll just right. tell you. She's like, no, because I'm going to fucking forget. I'm going to order something else and you're going to hate it. And I don't want to go through that. Just fucking text exactly. me. <laughs> I and, looked directly at Vicky when I saw you were watching. <laughs> I was like, you, I tell you, that's why I tell you. Text me everything all the time. Yeah, exactly. No, my wife tells me the same thing because I'm always like, just remember what I said. She's like, no, text me. It's Meanwhile, how much us and our spouses are alike, like oppositely. <laughs> yeah, it's probably why you and I are such good friends. I think we uh, we, we probably have a similar dynamic. <laughs> it's a weird pairing that we have, and I so appreciate and am happy for it. Your wife and I have a lot in common. You and I have a lot in common. You and my wife have a lot in common. Like, it's just really weird how that dynamic works out. Anti-ways. But yeah, gonna... Suicide Squad. Starro. Starro. Starro is in a movie. Which one's Starro? Oh, it's the giant starfish. Oh, yeah, 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 the, the, the kaiju, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the first enemy that the Justice League fought in the comics, so it's, like, kind of a big deal. So I am not as big of a DC fan as I am a Marvel fan, admittedly, so I don't know as much about the DC universe outside of, like, the big hitters, Superman, Batman, whatever. Right. So, Starro, the first one the Justice League fought, huh? Yeah. Interesting. It's a giant starfish that can take over people's minds and mm. conquer planets. And they're sending the Suicide Squad after that. Is the shark going to, oh, like, yeah. bite one of its tentacles, maybe? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. I think he already had some of it in his mouth in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. He was like, ooh, calamari. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that they're not giving up, because I do want them to succeed. I would love more fun action movies and comic book movies. More James Gunn movies. I'm down with that. I really like what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy. And this seemed oh, yeah. to establish itself as something different. Like, it didn't feel, aside from... The 70s tune that was playing during the trailer, it didn't feel a whole lot like Guardians. It felt like its own thing. So that's, you know, that's putting some anxiety to rest. But speaking of comic books, Marvel and DC, Falky and Winnie, episode two. Falky and Winnie. So just like last week, we can just kind of recap. We don't have to go through the whole episode. We can just talk about what we noticed, what we liked. There will probably be spoilers. So listeners, if you haven't seen episode two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, check the description and click ahead. What did you think about the episode? I like this episode. I think the first one was a little bit better because mm. we had that real awesome action scene in the beginning and it kind of showed the everyday real lives. This episode kind of showed Bucky and Sam's... It was more comedic, like buddy cop-ish. It was a buddy cop episode first. for sure, yeah. Yeah, 
but definitely didn't mind it. I enjoyed it, man. Like them going back and forth was just hilarious. The little staring contest they had. Great. The stuff between them, the new Captain America and Battlestar Mm -hmm. was just, it's all, it's all good stuff, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I really enjoyed, it was interesting that they're going kind of a nuanced route with the new Captain America. His name is John Walker. He's a decorated soldier. He definitely seems like he's there by his own merit in a way, even Mm -hmm. though, yeah, Winter Soldier and Falcon definitely have different ideas about whether or not he deserves that shield. And that creates some tension, obviously. But he also starts to kind of show a bit of his true character throughout the episode. So while it starts off, he's like unsure. And he's like, can I do this? Okay, I need to try to do this. And he's got people in his life that care about him. Seems like a a decent dude. Yeah. But then when he, he says stuff like, I didn't know Steve Rogers, but I feel like we're best friends. Or, you know, if you're not going to help me, stay out of my way. Or, yeah, you know, like calling, like, oh. calling Bucky Bucky. It's just like, you don't get to do that. Like, Bucky doesn't right. even like Falcon to do that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Now, John Walker in the comics uh, ended up being U.S. agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. they'll probably go that route. By the way, the actor that plays John Walker, even though he looks terrible in that mask, he looks so goofy. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. His features do not play well with that mask. But his name is Wyatt Russell. He's actually Kurt Russell's son. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was in an episode of Black Mirror, too. He was in an episode of Black Mirror, a very notable one because it was about AR gaming, I believe. Mm -hmm. It was like that horror game. I remember that. that. That episode always stuck out to me as, like, fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I might rewatch that series because there's yeah. some stuff I don't remember about it. Yeah, it's it's really, really, really hit or miss. I never go back to it unless somebody recommends a particular episode to me. But uh, mm-hmm. that one I would recommend because I just think it's an interesting story for sure. The one that he was in with uh, the AR horror game that he had to test out. Yeah, I like him as an actor, and I think it's interesting what they're doing with him as a character. In the show, I don't like him, and I don't think I'm supposed to. Right. <laughs> I'm just, whenever he comes on, (laughs) they get that look on their face. They can barely look him in the eye. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) But they they got into some interesting revelations in this episode. Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. The black Captain America. He was a super soldier. He was given the super soldier serum to fight in the Korean War. Actually ran into the Winter Soldier, tore his arm off. Mm -hmm. They didn't show it, but they talked about it because the Winter Soldier came to him like, hey, we ran into some more super soldiers, the Flag Smashers. Apparently, a lot of them in the group are super soldiers. They kicked our ass. What's going on? Who else has this serum? But Isaiah wasn't really down to clown. He was like, they put me in prison for 30 years and experimented on me Tuskegee style. Fuck you. Get out of my house. I was like, yeah. okay. Whoa, that got, that got heavy real quick. Yeah, dude. And he was killing it. The actor. He, oh, Man. I know. That whole scene was, was like, just like filled with. This doesn't seem very Marvel at all. This is some. Heavy drama shit. Let's go. He was going for that Oscar, man. And as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, he gets one. But uh, I hope they don't just one and done him. They're just like, look, Disney's woke. See the scene that we yeah, created yeah. to show you? get a flashback or something. Yeah, I want to see. Bucky. Yeah, I hope that he becomes more of a regular character. Because he's like, he was probably one of the most interesting things about this episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They hop outside of his house. And they have a little moment where two men are arguing in the street. The cops roll up immediately. They go to the black dude like, hey, you bothering this white man? <laughs> right. <laughs> is he bothering you, sir? And he's like, do you even know who this is? You know, like he, like, he, he pulls that. Avengers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking Avengers. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. And Sam's like, this bullshit again. 
And then they end up right. arresting Winter Soldier because he hadn't made made it to his probation mandated therapy appointment. So like you said, they have that scene where they're staring at each other because they both go into the therapy together, which looked more like a cross-examination to me, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I love how those cops knew that the Winter Soldier missed his therapy appointment. Right? They're like, oh, there's a warrant out for you, sir. <laughs> right. It's like, right. really? Is everybody in every state getting the warrant for the Winter Soldier? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's probably his hometown, though, right? I don't think they were hopping anywhere. I mean, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. I don't Who knows? That's, that, that's yeah. actually an interesting point, though. They came up with that warrant real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, first of all, they were all focused on Sam, but then they ran the Winter Soldier shit, and I'm just like, all right, sounds good. Right. I guess they were just, they felt bad, and they had to justify rolling up on mass because that other cop car came up real quick. I was like, damn, they about mm-hmm. to get this man. Hell yeah. Again, there, it, it's definitely, there's a lot of, social issues being brought up in the show, which I'm about because I feel like Captain America is inherently political, but it may piss some people off. Right. Uh, to which I say, oh, well, <laughs> go oh, watch well. another show, I guess. Yeah, you know? speaking of that, my neighbor across the street, she asked me today, she's a, a white woman, but she has uh, black kids, and she has a, like, in the South Black Lives Matter sign in mm-hmm. her yard. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, today she comes up to me and she's like, hey, did you see, somebody broke my sign in half, mm-hmm. the sign that we have. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. There's a lot of old white people that live around here. There's a lot of a lot of people walking up and down the street all the mm-hmm. time. So, mm-hmm. so I'm sorry your your sign got broken, but <laughs> it's just it's, 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 it's another day, another day in the life. Yeah. It really sucks that somebody – she's had it up for like over a year too. So it's like I don't understand. Some people feel pretty strongly about it, and most of it – I don't know. I feel like – this is such a fucking touchy subject because the mural we had downtown, they defaced that too. Like I think the night of the day I went to go visit it and film it like that night, somebody defaced it with paint. Mm. Just such an innocuous phrase as people's lives matter in response to them getting killed by police. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it being like, not only like no one really being held accountable for that, but it being kind of publicly sanctioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's such a visceral response. And there is, I mean, I've known a lot of, <laughs> I've, it's funny how they turned around real fast this year, man, or last year, but I've known a lot of white people. They're like, all lives matter because they were taken in by that rhetoric that it was racist somehow. And I would try mm-hmm. to explain to them like, no, you misspelled black. Here's why you can't co-op that phrase. And they just didn't get it. You know what I mean? Cause they were bougie or whatever. And then eventually they got it. And then I see them on Facebook with their black lives matter t-shirt. Or like you said, the sign in their yard. And, uh, I didn't get no, I didn't get no reach out or like, Hey, I was wrong or, Hey, I'm sorry for arguing with you publicly about that. But it's like, there's still a lot of people that are convinced that somehow it's racist or that black lives matter is a terrorist organization with, right. because there's all that bad faith reporting out there. And it's just like, guys, we, j- <laughs> we just want the police to we stop. We just have to people. agree on this one thing. Yeah, please. But even if you don't agree with it, the fact that you're so moved to destroy a sign, yeah. I mean, Think about what's the end game here for you, honestly. Right. And like she she said, she told me, I'm just going to go buy another sign, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's catch these bastards. Yeah. Put aside some money because you have to buy a few of them probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. One more thing that was revealed, Flag Smashers. So that terrorist group that they're kind of investigating, they're like Robin Hood. They steal from the rich to give to the poor. They seem to derive their ideals from pre-blip. I kind of get it. When the blip happened, I bet a lot of people reverted to 
spreading the resources among the survivors, helping lift people up. Like there was probably like the fact that the world didn't completely devolve into chaos means there was a lot of socialism going on. There's a lot of people goodwill helping each other out, right? Mm-hmm. And then when the blip people came back and they had to reintegrate them to their lives, existing power structures came back. As evidenced right. by the fact they immediately gave the shield to that white man. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I mean like so they're like, no, we we remember how it was before when we were all banded together and helping each other, and we're going to keep that up. So their slogan is, what was it, one peop- one world, one people? One world, like that. one people, yeah. Yeah. And I get kind of where they're coming from, to be honest. Sometimes it feels like the only way to dismantle power structures is by the means that they're enacting, whether you agree with that or disagree with that. That's another topic mm-hmm. for another day. But the leader was revealed, Carly Morgenthau. Mm-hmm. She seemed like a harmless, innocent girl. She looks yeah. a little bit like Michelle Wolf, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who that is. She's a comedian that used to be on The Daily Show. Um, okay. I've, listeners, I've probably seen her before. Yeah, yeah. Listeners might recognize her. But, yeah, she ended up kicking Falcon's Bucky's ass, ass. Bucky's ass. She kicked the new Captain America's ass, Battlestar. She whooped all of them. With she her friends. broke uh, Red Bird and Red Wing in half. She, yeah, she smashed Red Wing over her knee. I was, I like, was like, damn. No! Falky's going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't really lament as, as hard as I thought he would. I was like, well, maybe he's got spares. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, but overall, I thought it was a great episode. I'm still thinking about it. It was tightly edited. It moved along. These episodes are longer than WandaVision. Wanda. But they feel like they're over just as quick. Like, I'm enthralled mm-hmm. from start to finish. I don't feel any laws. I don't feel any boredom while I'm watching them, even if they're not action from start to finish. <laughs> Kristen got real right. excited. She was like, ooh, action on top of two semis, action on top of two semis. <laughs> and I was like, I hope we see somebody do the splits. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to episode three next week. We'll, we'll definitely be here to talk about it. So. Yeah, I also love how uh, Bucky just dipped out when the semi when the semis first started uh, driving away, and him mm-hmm. and Falcon just dipped out and, and see how fast he was running. And yeah. I and I sometimes I forget that Bucky is he's a, a super, super soldier. soldier. Yeah, like sometimes I think it's just the middle arm, but like no, he's he's a big boy. Yeah, <laughs> he's they didn't chasing after cars. They didn't establish it super hard in the Winter Soldier movie. So I, mm-hmm. I sort of get it. But I always assume that if he can go toe-to-toe with Cap and Black Panther, he's probably augmented. Yeah. So, But that never came up. Like, how many other super soldiers did Hydra make? Obviously, they were able to replicate it with Bucky. What's going on? You know. Right. So who knows, man? They're looking to explore that, it sounds like, with this. We know that if you go into the actual comic lore, this all kind of checks out. And it's, it's leading to some possible, you know, obvious conclusions with... John Walker with Battlestar. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Awesome. All right. Well, video game podcast. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. Derek, what video game have you been playing this week? I've been playing Weeaboo Warriors 5, otherwise known as Persona 5 Strikers. Weeaboo Warriors 5 Road Trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that online. I thought it was hilarious. I've been playing a lot of that, too. How far are you? Uh, I'm still in the third jail. I got a bone to pick with you about the third jail. What's up? You told me that the woman who is the monarch of the third jail, which this isn't really a spoiler. She's a mayor. She's like in politics or whatever, that she was the worst, that she was really, because I was talking about how bad the second monarch was, the author. And he was like, man, wait till mm-hmm. you get to the third jail. She real bad. What are you talking about? She's a, she sucks. <laughs> Does she? 
She's, yes. Because to me, she's just a bad boss, and that's because she's... Who? I don't want to get into spoilers here. Maybe we should get... Into, we're going to get into light spoilers for Persona. So if you haven't played up through to get the story uh, or the background on the monarch of the third jail, skip ahead 60 seconds, okay? We're going to get into it for a second. She oversaw, like, she was a leader during the time that that little girl was killed by that ice sculpture because one of her subordinates... Well, Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Oh, you don't know about all that? Okay. I ain't that far into it. Okay, my bad. I kind of ruined it for you. What I'm saying is... Well, let me say this, because you know this. At the end of every jail, it's it's starting to be established that there's a reason why the person is bad. They had some kind of traumatic event, right? Right, right. I would posit that the traumatic event that the mayor had kind of... I mean, again, she definitely is in the wrong. I will agree with you there. I do not think she's the monster that you made her out to be. I think that her behavior is entirely justified, and I feel like she just needed a talking to or some support. The way that she was talking to her employee about some damn flowers, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> no, she was a bad, like, she's a bad boss, to be sure. But to me, that doesn't, like, line up with how bad, with stealing other people's work and being a complete creeper. It doesn't line up with that girl who was causing people, ruining relationships. To, to buy their, all their emptying, stuff. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, she, like, the first two people were ruining people's lives and their bank accounts and their relationships. The third one is a mean boss to a subset of people and is getting votes that they didn't necessarily earn, even though it sounds like they may have been popular prior to a particular incident. So, I posit that you may have been going overboard with how bad she was. That's all I'm saying. That's the bone I got to pick yeah. with, with you. I I have I just have a bone to pick with bosses that are pieces of shit, honestly. <laughs> you know what? That's that's fair. We've all been there. Like that's that's some personal experience stuff. Like I hmm. kind of makes you wonder what? though, like where those bosses are come from and what kind of trauma they've been into. This what I like about Persona 5 Strikers is unlike the original game where people are just straight up pieces of shit just cuz this mm-hmm. one has a lot of nuance. It shows trauma that leads people down a dark path that causes them to be susceptible to being taken advantage of when they're offered an opportunity to be a monarch of a jail. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And my, and my thing with bad bosses is I never I never let them talk to me any type of way. Of Cause, course. Because uh, me, I'm, I'm like, you, like, I've had a boss before, like, kind of start to yell at me, start to yell at me. And I was like, hold on now. <laughs> Yeah, I said we're both grown. You don't need to be yelling at me, okay? And then, yeah. then they dialed it back. <laughs> you can still get your point across without disrespecting me. Is what yeah. I'm saying. So, but yeah, that's just that was just some personal stuff that you know I I've almost had to go off on my boss before with our situations and mm. you know just all types of stuff, man. So no, I mean that's a good point. Think of my up. own boss. <laughs> <laughs> now. It's a good point to bring up. I think a lot of people get in a subordinate situation they have a superior that they report to at work and the line between respect and to your superior and doing work and feedback it gets blurry and a Mm -hmm. boss can get abusive before you know it like you're just used to them talking to you a certain type of way so it's important to remember in a situation that you're both adults or at least both human beings and you're owed a certain amount of respect and i think that we're seeing better attention paid to that dynamic nowadays. God, back when I was young and I had a boss, they could talk to you any kind of way and no one really had any sympathy about it, but mm-hmm. it seems like it's getting better. But I agree with you. Like People never accept anything less than what you feel like you deserve to be treated. It is okay to yeah. immediately just stop, just pump the brakes and go, hey, 
we're both adults. Outside of here, we're equals. Just because you've been here longer than me or because it's your job to guide me does not mean you get to speak to me that way. So I agree with you there. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying that she's a good person or even fully sympathetic. But what I am saying is she's not like the end-all, be-all when it comes to... You made her sound terrible. I thought she had killed somebody. I hate hate bad bosses. I hate them. (laughs) It got personal with Derek in the third third jail. She was like, let's go. I can't wait to get to this chick. (laughs) To the point where I'm about to stop doing side quests and just go straight to the end. It's like, side quests. Nuh-uh. We got to take this chick down. No. I can't do that request for you, sir. Speaking of side quests, a little tip for players of Persona 5 Strikers, and you may or may not already notice this during gameplay because they kind of telegraph it for you. A lot of the side quests do not have a time limit, but any side quest where a member of your party requests that you do something within the town that you're in, the physical town, in the real world, get that done before you finish the jail. Mm-hmm. before you move on. And they give you plenty of chances. Even after you finish the jail, I think they go, okay, once we get in the camper, we're going to the next town, and we're never coming back. That's your clue to get any local side quests done. When it comes to, like, presenting Persona Solovenza or fighting certain enemies in the dungeons, you're good. You can do those anytime. But the local stuff, make sure you get those done, because if you don't, you will never get to do them again. Right. Good point to make. All right. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we're lined up now. I'm still probably going to put about four hours a week into it. Okay. So I know that you're a busy dude, but hopefully we can keep the pace so we can keep chatting about it because I got stuff to say about it. Definitely. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. So we will yeah, definitely, we will definitely do that spoiler cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll get with the I had four other games I played this week that I want to talk about. Monday Night Brawlers. I played the sequel to Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage. It's called Venom Spider-Man Separation Anxiety. Mm -hmm. And hot off the heels of the success of the previous game, it recycles a lot of assets. I think the art style is a little worse. I think the gameplay is a little worse. It's just a worse Mm -hmm. game overall to me. That's not to say it's the worst thing ever, but I wouldn't seek it out. I wouldn't recommend it. It's... mm. I played it because it was the sequel and I wanted to see what's going on with it. I think it has a couple of improvements. It has local multiplayer, so you can actually play a Spider-Man and Venom at the same time with a second player. And the original game didn't have that. And you can choose either Spider-Man or Venom from Jump. But that means that there isn't divergent paths like there was in Maximum Carnage, where at certain points you could pick one hero or another, and you would go to different mm-hmm. levels. So there's that. Okay. So yeah. Dope. I want to say one thing. I tried to play the Outriders demo mm-hmm. and it was loading for like 10 minutes. Oh, that's and not just, good. It, yeah, it just didn't. I just wasn't able to play it. So it did get <laughs> patched recently, I saw. So maybe that's related to the issue that you had. I never had any issues with it. But again, I played it on PS5. So maybe the, the PS4 oh, okay. version need to get patched too. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe give that another shot. Aren't we supposed to be playing games today? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Tonight, if you have time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to be hopping on with AD and GP. Might play some Outriders. I might get Ghost of Tsushima up just in case all four of us are available. Because I think Outriders okay. is only three players, which is dumb, but it is what it is. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That means I got an extra game in the mix because I forgot about Outriders. I played a ton of Outriders. I played through <laughs> the demo as every single character class. So I got a few things to say about it. So Okay. Outriders demo, you have the Technomancer, which is the ranged fighter. And they can throw turrets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you have the Pyromancer, which I talked about last week a little bit. You can tag enemies and set them on fire, throw plumes of flame at them and shit. You have the Devastator, which is like the tank. It's close range. And the Devastator, along with the 
Technomancer, that long-range support, I think are the both ones that survive the best on their own. You wouldn't think Technomancer because the support is on long-range, but the fact that it has so much support and gadgets... Like, you can put down a turret that just shoots out missiles in front of you, and then another one that slows enemies down. That, coupled mm-hmm. with the fact that you focus on long range, so you're getting a lot of good headshots, you can really keep your enemies at bay and attack them from long range and be protected. And, of course, with the tank, you're a tank. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? <laughs> I would say the most difficult class to play alone is the fourth class, and that's the Trickster. That's a close-range, kind of hit-and-run space-time thing. You can warp immediately behind enemies and do, like, this sword swipe that will kind of turn them in the dust after a few seconds. And mm. it's got some other neat abilities, too. But, again, really the Trickster is for distracted enemies that are focusing on a tank. And you just kind of zip around the battlefield and do a lot of damage. So I think the Trickster would be a great support class. But if you're playing by yourself, I would recommend Devastator or Technomancer. Or if you really are cool with, like, a medium-range character... That you might struggle with a little bit in the beginning, but you know, eventually be able to hold your own. Pyromancer is not bad either. So okay, cool. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. All of the classes were pretty fun. I'm still really enjoying the game, and I'm into it. And I think I might actually get it just to play multiplayer with you guys. So we'll see. Nope. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. I played Resident Evil Four again for Friday Night Frights. I just got to the island. Okay. I'm almost. I'm almost through if you remember the game, and I finished the shooting range challenges, so I have all of the bottle caps. Okay. Just to let you know, I've never played it, so. I, I keep forgetting you don't play Resident Evil. Yeah. Okay. For the listeners out there that play, <laughs> so you know where I'm at. Basically, the game is divided into three parts. There's the village, the castle, and the islands. The island is more action-y segment, but it has one of the scarier enemies within it. So there's one of the most scariest bosses and enemies in the game, like, separately, as well as also most action. Like, you got Ganados running around with stun rods and machine guns. <laughs> so, it's good times. And the, the shooting range is difficult, but not impossible. And when you get all the bottle caps, you get a lot of money. Also, I, I forgot about this. If you really focus in on upgrading weapons via the merchant, you can get the end game kind of final upgrade to weapons, which vastly increases their use before you even finish the game. And I, I thought that was a New Game Plus type thing. So, for oh, instance, cool. the you have different shotguns in the game. And they all have different endgame unlocks. I stuck with the original shotgun, and it does eight times damage. But the cool thing about the final unlock is it will do the same amount of damage long range. So it becomes yeah. like a sniper shotgun, which is awesome. And then my handgun, which handguns do about you know, like two to four damage, it does like 6.5 or something dumb. And mm. my rifle does more than a Magnum right now because I uh, upgrade it past its capacity. So <laughs> my rifle <laughs> is, like, stupid strong. But uh, I, I'm, I think I'm going to play it again this upcoming week because I'm just having too much fun with it. I was trying to look it up to see if this is the longest single game I've played on Friday Night Frights. It might be. But I can't help it. Resident Evil right. 4 is so good. Like, if you... You haven't played any Resident Evil, have you? No, I've... I mean, I played a little bit of 7. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, no, just a little bit of seven. That's pretty much it. A little bit of one. If I loaned you four, would you try it out? Probably not. What if? <laughs> what? Hmm. Hmm. I need you to play this. I do, kind of. Can you pop in on stream this Friday and just hang with me for a bit while I play it so I can explain the mechanics to you and demystify it for you a bit? Because it's so fun. You don't okay. understand. It's a really <laughs> fun action game. Yes, there are scary parts, but I promise you it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really too much scared of the scary parts. It's just, I just never got into it, you know? You need to. 
There's a okay. reason why this is like the number one game on a lot of people's top games of all time list. It's that good. Yeah. Like I can't okay. overstate how good Resident Evil 4 is. It's amazing. Okay. okay, uh, okay, okay. All right. All right. So moving on. An older game I played this week, and this this is why I messaged you about horror RPGs. I was like, I need more horror RPGs in my life. I started yeah. playing Shadow Hearts. Shadow okay. Hearts is a horror JRPG from PS2. Mm-hmm. And the protagonist, Yuri, is kind of the worst. He's extremely <laughs> rapey and sexist. He's like Pepe Le Pew. Oh, like, he yeah. rescues a, a 20-year-old girl from the clutches of like this western gentleman warlock <laughs> off a train western gentleman warlock <laughs> oh yeah it's this this whole game is fucking bananas dude there's a description of an enemy in the game one of the first enemies you fight a venomous spider that says the venomous spider will inject its venom into the anus of its victims to liquefy oh. them from the inside out i was like why mm. the anus though mm. <laughs> and there's like demons that have appendages growing from their midsection that say they do ungodly awful things to people with their appendages and i'm like i bet they do so, yeah, yeah. But no, she's passed out or whatever, and he's like, "Hey, she's passed out. I wonder if I could uh, maybe starts to approach her." And there's like heart emojis, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Mm. And he just he just never stops being like a douchey creep. And then they have a gay character early on that does acupuncture to help the proficiency of your weapons. Mm-hmm. But he comes on really strong to the men characters, and the men are like, "Back off!" And it's just he's a caricature. Of like a pushy, forceful gay man that straight men are right. not safe around. Really toxic. <laughs> not safe around. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, basically that, yeah. that that idea that somehow gay people are like predatorily promiscuous. <laughs> yeah, and you're and not safe. Like make you gay. Yeah, it's not great. It, that part has not aged well. So mm-hmm. if sexism or homophobia offends you, which it should, but to the point where you can't get past it, I wouldn't even try it. But if you can look past that, the uniqueness of the combat and like this ring that you have to hit in order to do like well with with uh, the actual combat, similar I think to the the battle ring in Lost Odyssey, just a little bit more complicated. Yeah. And oh, I love that. The horror lore and the richness of the characters and just the interesting story that they have going on, like I'm into it. I roll my eyes at the main character and yell "fuck you" at him at the screen all the time, but I keep playing. So yeah, I actually I started that game a while ago. I played just a little bit of the first section, and I had trouble wrapping my head around the ring system at first. You get used to it, but eventually, yeah, I got used to it. So, and the acupuncture guy will actually, if you have, if you really struggle with the rings, the acupuncture guy will increase the hit area of the ring. Oh, okay. If you increase the attack of your weapon, it'll actually lower the hit area. So if you, as you get more confident, you can increase the attack and, and lower the size of your ring. But yeah, I, I didn't think I would get used to it because like he was having trouble. I'm like, this is dumb. I hate this. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the more that you practice it, because of course you are, it's, it's via every battle. It's a JRPG, right? But the more you do it, your brain just kind of starts to click with it, and then it becomes second nature. So it does get better. You'll start getting perfects in no time. So yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to continue to play that, and if I see anything ridiculous or crazy, I might kind of bring it up in future episodes, but that's why I was going to have you on notice for Covenant, because I can't find it for less than, like, dumb amounts, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if I ever will, but we'll see. Yeah, those Shadow Hearts games are... Oof. Yeah, I have Shadow Hearts, and I have the third game, I can't remember what the subtitle is for that, but it's, it's on its way. It's from the New World or something? Yeah. From the New World, I found a new copy for like fifty bucks. So that's not too bad, actually. And it's, it's still on its, new. It says new. So unless they lied to me, I'll find out. It's on its way from eBay. So. Oh okay. We'll check it out. Hmm. 
I have Shadow of Destiny, which I don't know if is is related or not. I think Konami it's made not. that game. It's not. So yeah, it's mm. not. Whatever. I have it. <laughs> 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 All right. The final game that I played that I want to get into is my Pokemon Diamond Nuzlocke. That song is not in that game. Last we were hanging out, I think I was on Route 210 maybe. I was just making my way to try to get to a gym since I didn't fight a gym last time. And Mm -hmm. I ran across a bunch of Psyduck blocking a path, and I didn't really think much of it. They weren't moving, and I couldn't figure out how to get them to move. So I just stopped at a diner next to them, and I ordered a Moo Moo Milk, and everybody kind of looked at me weird, so I asked for it in a dirty glass, and that apparently (laughs) (laughs) made the patrons respect me a little more. And a few of them even battled me. So I battled them and used that to get some levels left towards Route 215, where I ran across another Ponyta, and I named this one Red Hair. In oh. respect to Dynasty Warriors. Makes sense. It started raining, and my Monferno got soaked, and with his soggy anger that could not be drowned <laughs> out, he burned his way through all the fighting Pokemon that we ran into, and eventually he actually evolved into an Infernape. So I have yay. a fully evolved, uh, yay, my little Goku, he's fully evolved. I'm so proud of him. Awesome. I met a monster Gyarados that a trainer had that actually almost KO'd Jubilee, which is my Luxray with Thrash. Thrash does dumb amounts of damage on a Gyarados. So even though I had four <laughs> wow. times attack with my electricity, because Gyarados is you know weak from water and flying, damn mm. near lost that battle. I had to keep switching my Pokemon so he wouldn't two-shot anyone, and then eventually he got confused, because that's the trade-off for the power of Thrash. You use it automatically for a few turns, and then you get confused. Once he was confused, I was finally able to take him down, and I limped it to Veilstone City and immediately went to the Pokemon Center because everybody was wrecked. There was some shady stuff going down, I noticed, at the Team Galactic building, but I couldn't access it. So I saw the Finding Gem, and I decided that I would train up my Zubat, Nips, in the Route 214 (laughs) below. Mm -hmm. And the first Pokemon I found in 214 was a Geodude, so I KO'd it. Whatever. I got Zubat to evolve to a Golbat at level 24, and yeah. at level 24, he was still slightly underleveled for the gym, but we went anyway, and I just threw confused rays and wing attacks and gained mad levels. After defeating Maylene and her Lucario, Nips was actually four levels stronger. We walked out of that thing level 28. I felt a lot better about myself. Nice. Outside the gym, Professor Rowan's aide, May, was waiting for me, and she was like, hey, Team Galactic stole my Pokedex when I dropped it. Can you help me get it back? And I was like... Yeah, I was actually looking for an excuse to go over there and kick their ass. Thank you. So we hopped over to their warehouse and double teamed up to fight them. And then once they ran away, I went into the warehouse and I found the HM Fly, which I can now use because I just beat the gym in the area. And I flew back to Heart Home City and I headed south to Route 212. Route 212, I found a Roselia and I was like, oh, okay. I already have one because my buddy, Badoo, he evolved into Roselia. But I don't, you know, I figured a second one wouldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Eager the beaver. (laughs) Eager the beaver. Right. He KO'd her with a crit from cut. And I was like, well, shit. (laughs) So (laughs) that didn't work out. I ran across a mansion and I took them rich kids money, baby. And there was a garden behind the mansion called Trophy Garden. I caught a Staravia, which is the evolved form of Starly. And I named him Reptar. So I got myself a (laughs) flying bird named Reptar. Shortly after I left the mansion, my egg actually hatched in a happeny popped out Ooh, yay i named her live 
So live, live the happening. I give her a few, like give her an experience share so we can gain a few levels while I head through along to Route 212. Went through a muddy marsh and eventually made it to Pistoria Town. I found the gym to be water type, so I decided to take both Buddy and Jubilee. So I have a Roselia and a Luxray. And that ended up being a really good idea because the gym had both Wingulls and Gyaradoses, which Roselia would have had trouble with because of the flying type. But the gym right. also had Quacksires, which are part ground, and Barboaches, which Jubilee would have had trouble with. So going back and forth, I was able to get through the gym with little incident, and I got to crash her wake, who led with the Gyarados. He hit really hard. <laughs> uh, Buddy was able to paralyze and then switch out to Jubilee, and I used Jubilee to lower accuracy with Flash and just hit him with a few charge attacks. Quagsire popped out, and Roselia was really hurt from taking a hit from Gyarados, but immediately healed with a Mega Drain on Quagsire and one-shotted him. And then Crasher Wake brought out Floatzel. And Floatzel is the water Pokemon that kind of looks like an otter. So as you know, giant otters can be vicious. And Floatzel came out swinging just like one. Caught Buddy <laughs> slipping. Hit Buddy with a devastating ice fang that immediately killed him. I was like, no! Yeah. Our first <laughs> casualty. <laughs> now that hit, because it was physical, ended up poisoning the Floatzel. When they made contact, which helped Jubilee stall it out with Flash and a few potions that I had. So once the Floatzel had exhausted its use of the Citrus Berry and Crasher Wake used his one and only Super Potion, I was able to safely hit it with a few charges and the poison finished it off. Buddy's sacrifice was not in vain, but he will be missed. Damn, and I'd like, bye, to, buddy. I'd like to just take a moment in silence for uh, Buddy the Badu who evolved into my a Roselia. Buddy, my Buddy. Wherever I go, <laughs> he's no longer going to go. Because <laughs> he's tired. It's so hard to say, to goodbye, say goodbye to, to my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I actually made up this week by getting two gym badges, but there was a loss. I grabbed my Metatite Gandhi as a replacement because I figured you know, it would be good to have a Psychic type in the crew. But I had no Grass type really to replace Buddy with, unfortunately, because I accidentally KO'd that Roselia. Thank you, Eager. Damn it. <laughs> uh, man, that really hurt a lot, though. I, that was one of my favorite Pokemon that I had trained up. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, tune in next week. We'll see how the Nuzlocke proceeds. A little shook after the water gym, but I'm going to collect myself, do a little bit of grinding, and just power through and uh, see if I can make it all the way to the end here. This will be the first Nuzlocke that I've ever finished. Usually during a Nuzlocke run, and Kitty Sapphire kind of alluded to this a couple of weeks ago, I'll lose a Pokemon I'm really attached to and go, F this, and I just quit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm really going to try hard to actually finish this one, if I can. As long as not everybody gets killed. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. If I lose my Infernape, I'm going to lose my ever-loving mind. So uh, Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it might be about time to get into gaming news. We don't have a whole lot going on this week, but a few things of interest that I definitely thought were worth mentioning. So I'll just rattle them off here. Cool. First thing up, Xbox decided to remove the Xbox Live Gold requirement to play free-to-play multiplayer games. So if you're on Xbox and you don't have Xbox Live Gold, which is usually used in order to play multiplayer games as well as get free games every month, 
if you mm-hmm. want to play Fortnite and you don't have gold, you're good to go. Awesome. I kind of feel like that should have been standard already, as well as if I have Netflix, just let me watch Netflix. Don't require right. me to have gold to watch Netflix. That's dumb. Don't do that. Yeah, Stop that. Silly. All right. Super Nintendo World. We know it's Ooh. open in Japan, and they have resumed building it here in Orlando, Florida. When I say here, I mean yeah. the United States. I'm not in Orlando, thank God. But yeah, here in the U.S. in Orlando, Florida location, they're saying that it'll probably be scheduled to open in 2025, which if that's true, Ben will be nine years old, which I think would be perfect. I am so going. Are you going? Right. Of course. We're going. We're going to do We're We're going to make it a family, a two family trip. We're going to rent a van. We're going to drive down there and sing songs the whole way. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. (laughs) So when when we're doing uh, this Super Mario songs the whole way. Remix it all the way. Yeah, that'll not get old a half hour in. Right. Or less. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm when we do the podcast here in about four years, that episode, we'll let you know how it goes. Uh fourteen hour drive. Good news, depending on what type of person you are, I don't know. But Scott Pilgrim versus the World is coming back to theaters April 30th, specifically to those theaters that carry Dolby, as it is Dolby Sound Remixed. Dolby Cinemas will be hosting the movie for a period of weeks, I think. I don't know exactly how long it's going to go. It's my favorite movie of all time, and I am not going to go yeah. see it in the theater. Yeah. Of course. Okay. And I'm kind of yeah. sad about that. I really want to go. I mean, the thing is, the odds that my entire family will be vaccinated by then are low because Ben is so young. If Ben was older, mm-hmm. it's there's a good chance because right now my younger brother, Jonathan, and I are both up for our vaccines. And everybody else in my bubble has been vaccinated besides Ben. And okay. I, I think it's going to be towards the end of the year but before he actually gets his. So it's just too soon. And it really upsets me because I never got to catch it in theater originally, and I would love to. But there's also an announcement of a 4K Blu-ray, of course, with the new sound mixing, and I'll probably just end up getting that. Yeah, it's been that good money. Yeah, the good money. Speaking of the movies, Ghost of Tsushima, a movie adaptation, is in the works with John Wick director Chad Stahelski at the helm of the project. What you think about a Ghost of Tsushima movie? Man, honestly, you gonna go see that ghost of tsunami? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> a ghost. Go see the ghost of yeah, tsunami. Man, honestly, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these big studios are like, let's just cash in on this IP real quick because it's really big and not treat it with the respect it deserves. Well, I know you got the John Wick director in there or whatever, but mm-hmm. let's be honest: the first good video game movie, like actually good, that we got, Detective Pikachu. The yeah, Detective Pikachu, and next I was going to say Sonic. The hit-miss ratio is too great. And it's not going to ruin Ghost of Tsushima as a franchise if the movie bombs, though. It's I know not that, like, but It's not like the Assassin's s- Creed movie killed the Assassin's Creed franchise, even though it probably should have. True, the Assassin's Creed franchise killed the Assassin's Creed franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Ubisoft. Which is not even, it's not even dead. It's just like, I don't play it anymore, so they killed it for yeah. me. But. Yeah, I don't either. Which is weird, because on paper, it has everything I want. I know. Uh, but even if I wasn't boycotting Ubisoft, I wouldn't be running to get Valhalla, because I never finished Origins, for God's sake. It was just too big. I, was Hell, like, God, I never finished this- Black Flag. Black Flag is actually one of my favorites in the series. 
I love those sea shanties. Yeah. Before it became popular recently on the internet to be into sea shanties, I was playing that game like years ago. Like, what will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken <laughs> sailor early in the morning? I love that shit. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, this is great. Why hasn't anybody yeah. told me about sea shanties? Why is it? You know what I've always wanted? Maybe it's just my Irish roots, but I, I'm always jealous of that scene in the movie where everybody's in like an Irish or a folksy bar and they all just break out into a drinking song. And I'm like, I yeah. want that. Why not me? Right. <laughs> you need to take a trip to Ireland, I guess. If yeah. that's a thing that they actually do. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm going to get there like, hey, who wants to sing drinking and songs? And I get smacked out of the bar. <laughs> get your ass out of here. I don't know. It speaks to me on a personal level to like have a shared song with a large community that we all sing when we're drunk and like engaging in merriment of some sort. I don't know. It yeah, spe- I guess it would be the equivalent for black people like breaking out and doing the electric slide. Yeah, exactly. Party, Which know? I also you love to do. Your- I'm the first of the dance floor when they start playing electric slide. I'm like, yeah, let's get in there. Mainly because yeah. I get side eyes from the ladies there like, ooh, does he fuck like he right. dances? Spoiler right. alert, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you I hope you dance terribly. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lower your expectations. <laughs> but no, no, on a serious note, like it's just fun to do. That same part inside of me that loves to dance when they break out and dance, I also I want I want the singing. I want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Black Flag spoke to me on a personal level, I guess, and I really enjoyed it. Oh. I was like, because I was down on the series at that point. The last game I enjoyed in Assassin's Creed was 2, just because it was such a leap from 1. And I was still oh, kind yeah. of in love with the, the concept when 2 came out. And then after that, I just really fell off hard. And I played Black Flag because it was given to me for free through Plus or whatever, right? On a mm. humbug. And I was just like, I love this and I'm never going to stop playing it. Yeah. So. Brotherhood was the last one I enjoyed. Yeah. I played Revelation in three, and they were just like, eh. yeah, mm. yeah. But you know, what are you gonna yeah. do? Yeah, I played three way after the fact. I mean, once I liked Black Flag, I was like, oh, maybe I uh, misjudged this series. I went to three, and I was like, nope, no, I didn't misjudge it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're off topic. But Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I. Yeah. I actually really like the historical setting that they place the game in. I like the characters. I like the juxtaposition of like samurai values versus like the thieves and like the ghost values, the legend that he grows mm. over time. I feel like it could make for an amazing movie only because the story was one of my favorite parts about the game. And you're right. right. They could totally trip over their own feet and screw it up. They could. But I also feel like that of a lot of games that have been translated to cinema, this would translate more easily. It would be one of the yeah. best stories to translate, I think, because it's very cinematic yes. inherently, you know? Yeah, it's completely grounded in reality as well. I mean, think about... So you have to work with them fantastical elements or anything like that. Think about Uncle Daddy Shimura, man. Come on now. Man, man. I would I, if they did it. I would need them to have literally like the same actors, <laughs> like the face capture right. actors and everything. But yeah. I feel like they would be like Ghost of Tsushima, starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, <laughs> I'm gonna make a movie called The Last Thing on Earth, starring Steve Martin, <laughs> Tom Hanks. No, Tom Hanks. That oh, was Tom uh, Hanks. Paul Mooney. Uh, yeah, I always Paul thought Paul Mooney, Mooney said uh, Steve Martin. I think it's better to say Steve Martin, but yeah, I, I get what you no, mean. Either way, The Last Samurai, starring Tom Cruise. I'm gonna make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned that because the article I read about Ghost of Tsushima 
the movie and in Chance Tahelski being at the helm, they were like, no one could do samurai combat better than Chad. And I was like, word? <laughs> that's a little. That's. Mm, mm. I don't know. I mean, it's got mm. to be at least one person, right? <laughs> yeah, perhaps somebody Japanese. I don't know. <laughs> so right. that was a little. Ugh. But, I mean, he does do good with John Wick, and it's going to be an American movie because it's an American franchise. I get it, but gross. But I get it. Right. But but seriously, like, after you wrote it and you read it in your mind, you're like, nothing wrong with that. Moving on. Right. Anyways, <laughs> last piece of news. Dasha! 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 I'll get the barrels. Last piece of news. Right. <laughs> this is some Sony news. Now, it's a little bit disappointing. The PS3... PS Vita and PSP stores, online stores, are set to close later this year. Now, for those of you who may not know, the only way to buy content for PS3 and PS Vita and PSP due to a recent update to the PSN store is through the consoles themselves, which is already annoying enough. But they're going to close the stores for those consoles completely down. For the PS3 and PSP, the date is set at July the 2nd. And for the Vita store, it's set to close August 27th. Now, there has been no word on whether or not users with existing content, so games you already bought on the store, if after the store closes, you can still re-download the games you already own. But for sure right now, we know you can't purchase any new games. We're going to be keeping an eye out for any future statements from Sony, because obviously this is a bit of a big deal if you have a lot of purchased or licensed content. They never really gave you a proper external hard drive for PS3, right? right? PS yeah. Vita and PSP memory cards are hard as hell to find, and they're overpriced. So this is going to mm-hmm. kind of suck for people who have sizable libraries. Now, yeah. I uh, oh, sorry, ahead, no, I just ahead. wanted to point out that this has not been officially announced by Sony. This has just been reported on by multiple news sites from unsighted sources. So to be fair, though, those dates are it's pretty probably specific. true, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, gonna, they, it, I'm sure it's true, but yeah, we're waiting on their official press release as far as the details. Cause there's a lot of unanswered questions like what I said about, you know, downloading games you own. Right. But yeah, uh, what Get I would say buy this shit now. <laughs> yeah. If you had anything you were sitting on for whatever reason, buy it. I think I might buy pain. I always like that game pain. Yeah. It's a oh, game. Uh... Where you flick the guy and all the stuff, and you get points for like how much oh, stuff yeah. you destroy by flip like a human catapult. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always thought that was a fun controller passing game that I never owned. But uh, yeah, conversely, there is news that Sony requested a patent for trophies on older games that existed before trophies. Yeah. Now it's nothing to get super excited about because Sony, like many other companies, will regularly get patents for stuff it doesn't plan on doing anything with just to get them. Because what if? Mm -hmm. But if it is coinciding with this move, they could be possibly planning to make the PS5 backwards compatible or beef up PS Now with its previous titles, a la what Xbox does. Because honestly, with the robust library of games that they have, especially the really rare ones that none of us can get our hands on, you know, like Shadow Hearts Covenant, it would be really nice if they would make those games available on PS5, either through PS Now or through individually purchasing them. That would be nice. Yeah. This is why I always buy physical, unless it's something that I can't. Yeah. Because you never know. You, you never know when a company's going to shut down the online store and you won't be able to purchase a game anymore. And then the price will explode, which I guarantee you is, well, is already happening with PS3 games. Like I've got a gaggle of PS3 games that I haven't even listed yet because I know that these prices are just going to 
explode. No, you're right. You're right. When so it officially drops. So that's a good he- good heads up for all you collectors out there. If you haven't already, get your asses out there and get those PS3 games, those Vita games, those PSP games you've been sleeping on. Because pretty soon, finding a physical copy for any kind of a reasonable price is going to be very difficult. So, mm-hmm. all righty. Well, I think at this point in the show, now that we're beyond the news, I have a question I want to ask you this week. I think I know the answer okay. just based on the conversations we've been having. And right. I think you'll be fine that you may know the answer to the question to me. But I just got to ask, Derek, this week, what you feeling? I am feeling the new show on Amazon Prime, Invincible. What? It's me an too? Animated, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> an animated superhero show from the mind of robert kirkman he did a comic for he's the same one who created the walking dead Mm. and it is so good (laughs) and i've seen all three episodes that they dropped i know you told me you just seen the first one i've just seen the first one but i'm already hooked and i'm already feeling it this is a this is a double feeling this is mutual feelings we're having mutual feelings (laughs) for the first time ever on the show we're coming out and we're saying that we we really love feelings we have mutual feelings for this show what? Did you say each other? Yes. What? No. The no, show. No, I said what? the show. Yeah, the show. The show. Right. That's what I said. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Will they? Won't they? We will watch the show. We will keep watching the show. That's what we're doing. Every Friday. I'm going to I'm gonna go visit Derek. I'm going to reach around, and I'm going to grab that remote and turn the show on, and we're going to watch it together. <laughs> Who's going to give you a reach around? <laughs> yeah. And Derek, I Joker mean, you, you can grab the butter and just butter up my popcorn anytime you want so we can watch this show. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, yeah, but wow, Invincible. Can we talk spoilers or should we just save it? I don't know. Oh, uh, we're just going to we're just going to talk spoilers. Okay, for at least the first episode. At least the okay. first episode. Yeah, cuz that's all I've seen. We're going to talk brief spoilers about the first episode, so skip ahead to the next segment if you don't want to hear spoilers for the show yet. I highly recommend you guys check it out whether you're into comic books or not. It's just let's just spoiler Talk about right now the swerve, the holy swerve. crap! The swerve. So, so the show the show starts off as kind of a sweet, hopeful coming of age story, and then at the very end of the episode, we get the biggest fucking swerve that has happened in other shows, but I don't think to this extent. <laughs> no, it was crazy, and so, I have more questions than answers, and I just I'm like, what? Who? Huh? Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, just to, just to set the premise. You've got a world where there's superheroes basically everywhere. There's uh, these heroes called the Guardians of the Globe. They're basically the Justice League. There's mm-hmm. literally a one-to-one character for each member of the Justice League in this That's show. That's true. There is, Which I there? thought was hilarious. Yeah. And the Superman character, which isn't part of the Guardians of the Globe, his name is Omni-Man. He is our main character, Mark's father. And Mark is actually half-human, half-Viltrumite, which is what Omni-Man is. And he hasn't gotten his powers yet, and mm-hmm. eventually, throughout the first episode, he gets he gains his powers. He's like, hell yeah! And throughout the episode, we're seeing kind of hints that something's not right. Yeah. With uh, little flashes of anger, yeah, little flashes of anger with Omni. Yeah, Man. when he says he gets his powers, his dad's just kind of like, huh, fuck. And his wife's like, kicks him. And is like, oh yeah, we can go train tomorrow. And by the way, he's voiced by J.K. Simmons, which is amazing. Mm. And uh, the main character, Mark, is voiced by Stephen Yoon from The Walking Dead, Glenn. Mm. And uh, the wife is Sandra Oh from Killing Eve and Grey's Anatomy. Mm. 
So if you're fans of, if you're honestly a fan of anybody famous, they're probably on this show because there's a lot of a lot of good voice talent people yeah. voice acting. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you get to the end of the episode. You know, Mark's had his powers. He's trained with his dad a little bit, and then the Guardians of the Globe all assemble. They all get their little kind of backstories or whatever, yeah. and they all assemble at their hideout. Yeah, they get like a distress and signal. Then, yeah. And then out of nowhere, Omni-Man comes in and just proceeds to attack and wreck every single <laughs> member. Violently murders them. So violent. Violently <laughs> murders them. Violently murders them. Oh my god. And I just want to point out, like, the whole episode to this point has not been bloody or gory or anything at all. There was like a little blood, like, but it was yeah, it was just more for like somebody got punched and some blood come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was like he punches through someone's head, he yeah, <laughs> slams another person's Hulk neck around onto the ground, yeah, like, cuts someone's head off with his hand. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And I was just like, what? What is happening? Oh my god! Not the Guardians of the Globe. Not my boys. <laughs> yeah. So during the episode, Omni Man, there's a flashback that Mark has where he's younger. He's like prepubescent, and Omni Man is sitting on the roof with him at their house, and he's like, "Hey, you're getting older. It's time for me to tell you some truths about me. You may have noticed I'm not like other dads. I'm from this other planet. Everybody there can fly. They're super strong. They're super fast. And when we come of age, we fly out in the galaxy." and find planets with life so we can help them and serve as their protector. I chose Earth. Then I met your mother. Then I had you. That makes you half me, which means when you get older and go into puberty and you get your pimples and hair in weird places, you're also going to get powers. And he's right. like, what? Fucking sweet. <laughs> right. But after, fly. after what I just witnessed, I was like, uh, I feel like that whole story is bullshit. And... Mm. I don't know if that's true or not because I haven't seen anything past the first episode, but now I'm a little worried that maybe he might come after his own son. Like either maybe he needs to be the only one or maybe it's the secret to his powers or I don't know what's going on, but I know one thing. He's not a benevolent dude there to just to protect people and be nice. That's for damn sure. Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. And even the Guardians of the Globe, they're like, Omni-Man would never do this on his own. Like he must be, be controlled or something. Yeah. And then War Woman is just like, it's either him or us. And yeah. they still get fucked. And they still get screwed <laughs> yeah. over. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you my theory. And uh, yeah, I came up with a theory at the end of the episode too, but it kind of links into what you just said about the story being bullshit. Okay. I think that instead of being benevolent, that they send Viltrumites out to other planets to conquer them. And that they're supposed to kind of reproduce. And when their child becomes of age and gets their powers that they are supposed to help them take over the planet. Mm. So like when Omni-Man says, I kind of wish, think our lives would be better if he hadn't gotten his powers. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, yeah. Cause if he hadn't got his powers, then he wouldn't have to take on this directive. Of so you're thinking he kind of didn't want to do that. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking there's like, shit, right. <laughs> right. He did the fuck out of that. Yeah. Batman didn't have that, a chance. <laughs> What's his name? Darkwing duck. He didn't have a chance. Yeah. Uh, Death Darkwing. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, Black Batman. It's legit just Batman. <laughs> yep, legit just uh, not making it to episode two. <laughs> right. And so I'm thinking that if he doesn't complete this objective or whatever, some other Viltrumites are going to come and take his place and do it for him and kill him and his mm -hmm. family, probably. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. 
I, I like my theory. I hope I hope it's right, or I hope it's wrong. Because uh, honestly, that that shit was wild, and more stuff that happens in the show is even crazier. Yeah, I can't wait to see next week's episode. Yeah, that was buck wild. That was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're feeling this week. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Speaking of invincible, though, I'm I've been feeling a little strange lately. Like I've been feeling like I've been getting powers of my own. I. I've been I've been watching the show and being imbued with anime charging up my powers. And I gotta ask you for a challenge, Derek, because it's time for the Derek X Mike Anime Challenge. Woo! This week, put your glasses on. Nothing will be wrong. This week, we're watching Berserk, Episode 21, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Episode 59. And Derek, I just got one question for you. I got to ask you this week, Berserk, Episode 21, was it hype? It was hype, but not for the reason that you think. There was not much action in the form of fighting. But there was was action action in the form of somebody rocking, knocking doubles. Come on. Give me some good love. <laughs> some, I need me some guts, love, man. Come on, guts. And guts got in them guts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was so happy. Yeah. But uh, let's let's before we get there, bring it back. It starts it off back. where yeah, <laughs> guts shows up to help them fend off the army that's attacking them, mm-hmm. and they get away. And Casca and everyone is basically telling guts how Griffith was after he left, and. Guts is just like, really? No, not Griffith. I can't believe that Griffith would act that way. Like, it doesn't make any sense. We get a flash over to what's been going on at Griffith. He's hanging from the ceiling. He's got this weird eagle helmet on. And this guy well, is torturing him. Well, it's his him. battle helmet, basically. But they oh, yeah, yeah, that's it to right. his face. His battle helmet. Yeah. And this guy's torturing him. He's sticking him with these metal spears. And he takes the egg of the king, the crimson bayonet, and he rips it off of Griffith's neck. Throws it into the sewer, and that's the last that we see of it for a while. And then we flash back to Guts and Casca, and Casca just starts attacking Guts because she's pissed off that he left, and that caused Griffith to get it on with Charlotte because he was just so distraught that Guts left. She ends up stabbing Guts in the kind of upper armpit area. Yeah, which is like, why didn't you? Why didn't you dodge? Oh, he grabs the sword and he's like just squeezing it really hard he's just bleeding and bleeding and bleeding he was like what would you have me do what was i supposed to right it's actually working on him she's like it's your fault Mm -hmm. you fucked everything up and he's like shit did i (laughs) you know right and then he's like you know what let me take the sword out and give you a big old hug and then i'm gonna kiss you and then i'm gonna lay you down oh girl and then yeah they got they got down to business now it wasn't it wasn't explicit or anything like that it was very sweet very nice they had like a panning over a still shot of them Mm kind of colored penciled it looked really cool. It was actually artfully done. A lot better than the remake movies, which were pornographic, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they mm. were gross. Yeah, we don't need all that, guys. Come we don't need all that. Come on now. That's That completely but, uh, changes the tone of the scene, okay? Right. And then they're just kind of butt naked in the forest, you know, sitting on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would hurt my ass for real. Yeah. But... Guts is like, I will help you guys rescue Griffith, and I will help the band of the Hawk get back on their feet. But after that, I'm gone. I'm not raising my sword for another dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not gay. <laughs> and Stop. then uh, 
of course, Casca's upset. And she's like, man, I just gave you the points. And then you still. Damn. Gus <laughs> was like, yeah, I hit it and I quit it. I don't care. I can't do it no more, baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And so then after that, we go over to a scene where there's a couple of uh, looks like traveling merchants in the woods. And they hear this loud noise and it's like this giant snake creature who looks mm-hmm. similar to the creature that guts fought in ep- episode one right the snake demon from episode not, one yeah i'm not sure if it's the same one or not but i don't know either. then we see the egg of the king kind of floating down the river mm-hmm. and i'm warning to myself like huh maybe that's what attracted this giant demon onto the open Could and be. then we fade to black and then that's the episode guts got in them guts mm-hmm yeah <laughs> Yep. it's the will they hey. won't they that they finally they will they 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 yeah, would they finally they would they they they, they, they yeah yeah but yeah no, I, I thought uh, it was good it's... it was uh the first time that guts was kind of open and emotionally honest i think with casca since the the bonfire episode and mm-hmm. i don't know could lead to something we'll we'll have to see the the main thing yeah, is, this is rescuing you know griffith at this point so yeah and this is something that I always wonder about anime characters, especially like the big strong men. Like, when's the last time he had sex? If he has ever had sex, like willingly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, culturally, I don't know why, but Japanese people just do not seem interested in that topic, but also overly interested in that topic. It's really weird. Right. You either yes, like either either, either your character Pepe has never had sex or he's had all the sex. <laughs> exactly. You're either Pepe Le Pew or you're Jack McBrayer. Like I don't know. Like, you, you, you're like, oh gosh, golly Jay, I've never heard of sex before. What's a penis? Right. <laughs> Is that thing you pee oh, out? I mean, of? This oh, thing? that you use right. it more for paying? Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know you could do other things with it. That's oh John, golly Jay. Well, no, wait, no, okay, What's no bad this touch. stuff coming bad out t- of it. Bad touch. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I wonder about that too. But again, if we think about it thematically, Guts for most of his life has been fighting to survive. He's been in survival mode. And the brush that he had with sex was being raped by another soldier. So he's like, no, I don't want any part of that. It seems bad. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he's extremely uncomfortable with intimacy 100% all around because his father figure portrayed him so, like, thoroughly. And I think opening up to Casca in this way is like a huge, a big moment. You know what I mean? For him and his character. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episode 59, Lost Light. Yeah. And guys, we have five uh, more episodes of our shows. We're getting down mm. to the wire. Come on now. Now, if you remember from the previous episode, the crew gets bodied by a couple of uh, knockoff store Bradleys. Cool, I guess. Anyways. <laughs> Some great value Bradleys. <laughs> Mustang is still being uh, pressured into doing human transmutation to save Hawkeye. She kind of signals him a bit, and he refuses to proceed. And then suddenly, from the rafters, May hops on down with all of our Chimera friends, Jerzo, Zampano, Darius, and they immediately whoop all of the Bradleys' asses. Apparently all it took was a couple of animals. Who knew? Hell yeah. <laughs> Plot contrivance, gone. We can all fight again. Yeah. But Dang. unfortunately at that moment, Bradley shows up and he mm. picks up the Philosopher's Stone that was dropped on the floor and Pride also shows up. And I'm like, oh no. Now this shit's getting real. <laughs> right. Immediately they take over the situation Pride traps Mustang and they force him to do a human transmutation using the gold tooth doctor as the sacrifice, 
which just yeah. changes him into like a big mound of flesh. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> kind of looks and, like uh, uh, that persona. <laughs> he does look a little bit the, like the, yeah. the persona Legion, like that, that yeah. head with. The, yeah. Or that weird spy thing that's in Big Trouble in Little China. Kind of like that, too. Mm-hmm. Mustang then, of course, passes through the Gate of Truth, and he appears in Father's Lair with Pride and the other sacrifices. And he found that, uh, because Pride kind of came down with him for whatever reason, but anyways, he found that what he lost in exchange was his eyesight. I was like, oh, shit, he's blind. That's not great. Scar proceeds to battle Wrath, Bradley, in the chamber above Father's Lairs, because Bradley's basically like, none of you guys are going to get down there and distract him. I'm going to stop you. And again, Scar is a badass and can now just go toe-to-toe with Bradley by himself, even though he couldn't handle the other knockoff Bradleys. Again, I'm like, what? I let it go. Well, remember, <laughs> Bradley Bradley is uh, severely injured, and he's he's fucked. Like, To be fair, that on. is true. His eye is gone. Yeah. He's injured. May crashes through the ceiling down below and finds Alphonse unconscious, and then you shoot to the kind of layer of truth or whatever that weird zone you go to where you meet the weird guy alphonse is actually standing in front of the gate where he leaves the area of truth and he sees his frail body wanting to pair up with him and i figure that's why he hadn't shown up yet i figured he was still there wrestling with that but he's like i can't i can't reunite with you because you need to eat something buddy you're really skinny right and i can't (laughs) fight with that body there's no way i can protect my friends you here yeah so he, he leaves. His body's like, well, just go ahead and go then. I don't care. He obviously right. cared. <laughs> but Alphonse her. is like, I'll come back. I promise. I just I have to keep this armor body so I can fight to help my friends first. So he shows back up after he goes through the gate and regains consciousness. He basically completes the count of the five sacrifices needed for the homunculus. And Father is super pleased about that. And that is the end of the episode. episode 60 is looking to get pretty hairy because we're finally going to see father make his move now that he has all the sacrifices in one place and may is there too which means i'm really hoping that they can find a way to reverse the circle he's about to complete with the plans they usually made back when they were near briggs so i'm really hoping they can somehow find a way to pull off a w here that'd be nice (laughs) it's it's not looking great let me tell you it's not looking good (laughs) not looking good for our heroes (laughs) so that's the end of that all right. Well, I think with the conclusion of the Derek X Mike anime challenge this week, that is our episode. However, oh, yeah. the fun doesn't have to stop here, people. We're out here in these social media spaces, and you can interact with us. Maybe you're interested in reaching out to Derek and telling him how wrong he is about the original Suicide Squad movie. Or you want to find some of the <laughs> stuff that he's selling on his store. I don't know. Where can they find you at, man? They can check out the eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. You can hit me up on Instagram at GamerGoodiesMore and also on Twitter at Goodies underscore more. Awesome. All right. And if you want to find places where our podcast is hosted, of course, we have our main hub. Anchor.fm slash Player2 is under the pod. We upload every single Sunday, and we can be found on pretty much wherever podcasts are hosted. That includes Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and, of course, Spotify. Now, if you're on Facebook... We do have a page that you can follow and like. We'd very much appreciate it. That's facebook.com slash player2 is under the pod. And you can also follow us on YouTube at a channel called player2 is under the podcast. 
We will upload regular episodes there, but as well as clips that we make. So if you'd like to listen to smaller chunks of the show, it's available for you to listen to and share. We would very much appreciate it. You can follow me personally on Twitter. I'm at MikePetersonAL. Of course, I do Twitch streaming every single week, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. I do brawlers, horror games, and I'm playing through Persona 5 Strikers right now as well. Check the channel for the schedule. And if you want to see any previous episodes that have aged out from Twitch, catch me on YouTube at MC Paperstacks Plays. Finally, if you want to reach out and you don't want to reach out to us on Facebook or comment on YouTube, we got an email. So if you got questions, comments, suggestions, criticisms, anything, email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. We'd be happy to hear from you. And that is our show. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.